It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, they call it one Buffalo because there's only one professional sports team in Buffalo, and that is the Buffalo Sabres. And the Sabres picked up a pair of wins this past weekend, starting off on Thursday, Ryan Miller night, winning 3-2 to against the Islanders in overtime. They followed that up on Saturday with a 6-3 win against the Anaheim Ducks, in which Victor Olofsson and Peyton Krebs each scored two goals. Offensive Dynamo Ilya Labushkin finally showed up in that game as well and picked up three assists in that one. But let's bring it back to Ryan Miller night first, where Dylan Cousins scored in overtime on a highlight reel gorgeous goal that came from an unbelievable lob feed from Rasmus Dahlin, capping off a really exciting win for the Sabres and a night in which they honored Ryan Miller and raised his number 30 banner into the rafters. Taylor, your thoughts on these back-to-back wins this weekend? Well, uh, it was frustrating at first on on Thursday. I think it was a, it was a great ceremony. Everyone had a good time. It was, you know, kind of emotional, but it was nice. And uh, it's nice to see everyone there. And then... You get to the game, and the Sabres are totally outplaying them. It kind of reminded me of in uh, the, the RJ night. They just, it just, uh, the vibes are incredible, and they, they scored immediately. Peyton Krebs had this awesome goal. But in this game, though, the Sabres are taking it to him and not scoring. And Sorokin played incredible pretty much throughout the game. He was phenomenal in that one. Yep, and the Islanders take the lead. Obviously, they're up one nothing, and later they're up 2-1, but the Sabres were destroying them shot attempt wise and it wasn't score effects or anything like that they only ever down by one they were just dominating the control of sorry that they were controlling the flow of of play and you could see uh they they got a bunch of chances down low they whiffed on some of them some of them Sorokin just made great saves sometimes it just the puck didn't connect or you know there's bad bounces so it was like oh shit but it's, it's easy in that situation to forget you are playing better than them you're doing 98 yeah. percent of things better you're just not putting it away but obviously they tie it up in the third period, and then an awesome, unbelievable overtime goal. Uh, it started with an unbelievable pass from Rasmus Dahlin uh, to Dylan Cousins. I'm sure everyone's seen it by now. Uh, the next day, I watched uh, Marty Baron break it down on their uh, Marty and Duffer show on MSG. I'm forgetting what it's called, but it's their whatever their daily show that mm-hmm. they do. And really smart guy, obviously. I love Marty, but it was it was fascinating to see how the way he saw it, where basically. Dalene saw what was happening. Cousins saw Dalene back up into the zone and basically did what Marty called, like, basically a wide receiver out in... Sorry, I don't know what that sport is called, that wide receivers play. 
But never heard of it. Cousins kind of goes around and then goes like like he's going deep, basically. Picks up the pass in the perfect spot, not offsides that easily could have been offsides with the with bad timing there, and then obviously puts a move on Sorokin and scores. Very extremely cool goal. The vibes are great, and it's it's great that they've nailed so many of the big games, the Goathead games, this game, uh, RJ Knight, and then RJ's last game as well. Sure. With uh, really cool wins, but yeah, it was a it was awesome to be in attendance for that. Pretty much all the way around. Yeah, the ceremony was fantastic. We could backtrack to that a little bit. Really emotional as Marty Baran had made comments introducing Miller. Miller ends up coming up, has a very, very great speech. A lot of it is very much geared towards, you know, his love and relationship with the community. As we had talked about last episode, one of the things that makes Ryan Miller so special and such a an important part of the community here, more than just, you know, for his play on the ice, is how involved he was and they ended up announcing during the ceremony also that a fund has been set up that I believe is going to be in support of his, in support of Carly's club, right? Like his past yeah. that he had worked with. And so really, really great to see. And it was just, you know, having him around the rink again and just around Buffalo. And he spoke in between periods in the Anaheim game and it was great. And he was saying that, you know, talking about how with his son Bodie, that Buffalo isn't just this folk tale anymore. And now he gets to understand it and what a special place it is. And he had made a point of saying too, that they of course have, you know, their new baby now, but they really want to make a point to get back out to Buffalo more often, which I think is great because Ryan Miller, as we talked about last week, is really one of those athletes that was just the embodiment of the city when he was here. It felt like he was one of us. We felt like he was ours. And, you know, it's kind of like where guys take that on where Miller wasn't, yeah, he's from Michigan, but like that guy's a Buffalonian, you know, and just hearing the way that he talked about the city and the, and the teammates and his fan and, and the fans, it was, it was just really great. And it was really emotional. Obviously so many great memories there with the, you know, 06 and 07 playoff runs, the, the save against Boston, the paddle save, of course, the Olympic journey, Lucic, like there, there's, there's just so much there that just really makes Ryan Miller so indescribably special to Buffalo. And it was a really great ceremony. Shout out to the Sabres for, uh, for doing a great job with that yet again. Absolutely. Yeah. They've, they've done great with these and unfortunately it'll be, or it should be the last one of these for a while. I heard someone throw out an option, um, for a, not retired number, but a name in the rafters. Because my thought is immediately, no one. They should not do another one of these in no. the 2020s and probably not even the 2030s. Mm-mm. But this actually made me think for a second, maybe it's not a bad idea. Lindy Ruff. Yeah, I love Has that. Has anyone done that? I don't know, for a coach? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I like it. Yeah, shit, let's do it. Why not? Yeah. I mean, probably going to have to wait a little bit on that anyways, too. Yeah, he's still coaching. He's going to win the cup this year. There you go. I, honestly, actually, I'm not joking. Might win the Jack Adams. If they make the playoffs, yeah. Which it's looking pretty good. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they got to be like 95%. Yeah, it's got to be something pretty, anyway, pretty high. But back, back in that the thing, g- uh, uh, go ahead. The ceremony, a couple things I really liked. First of all, having Baran kind of introduce him. Baran is interesting because he's kind of the face of the Sabres now. Yeah. Like he's obviously an alum. He's on the intermission show. He does that. But he does a lot of, like he does the commercial. He does the stuff with Roswell. But he's just around a lot. He's he's generally very involved. Uh, but he you were also, chilling with him after the game. I did meet him after the game. He was very nice. I've met him before, but he's yeah. I saw him at the little bat house. Also saw Brian Duff there. There you Ooh, go. Everyone loves Brian Duff. Uh, he uh, both very nice guys. But Baron also shared uh, 
shared a crease with Miller. Uh, uh, shared a, I don't know, that's a weird way to put it, but, yeah. you know, they're on a team together. And it's interesting. I, I assume there would be some dynamic of, of competition there because Baran was kind of a co-starter with um, Mika Noronen for a couple of years. And then Miller comes in. Miller is obviously seemingly an heir apparent. And after the lockout, Miller got hurt actually earlier in that year. Baran was playing super well. And Miller very clearly took his job in the second half of the year and then held on to it. And then because of that, Baran got traded the next year. Uh-huh. Uh, but th- it doesn't seem like there's any animosity, even a little bit. It's Not the complete opposite. Like they really seem to like and respect each other. And to the point that Baran and, well, mostly Baran really introduced him. And they brought yeah. out a bunch of players. Uh, really interesting collection of guys. I, I don't know why Mike Ryan was there, but God bless him for showing up. I like it. Tim Connolly still on IR. We saw Tim Connolly we also did, in real life. We saw him on Allen. If you follow us on Instagram, you saw a nice little 2 a.m. Instagram story of us seeking out Tim Connolly like Nicholas Cage with the Declaration of Independence. Sadly, our, our efforts were uh, unsuccessful. It turns out he wasn't at the pink. I mean, shocking. How could we have known? Who would have thought? Probably at the Billy Club, honestly. What do you think? Valley Allen, maybe. One of those two. He was with Peters. They seem like... Oh, yeah. He was with Peters. But anyway, yeah. I I, I like seeing, obviously, Connolly there. I haven't seen... I don't I don't know if he came for Jenner He did. Rats. He did come for Jenner Rats? He was there... Or was he there for 2000? He was, I, he was at something recently. He's been here at some point yeah. recently, yeah. Uh, and then you see a lot of other guys. And the guys who couldn't make it, like guys who have obligations like Lindy, Mike Greer... Danny Breer, they all did videos. So let's get to something I didn't like. No Chris Drury. Insane. No it needs to be talked about. Yeah. It needs to be talked about. He was the co-captain of the team. With those teams, you had co-captains, Breer and Drury, but you had Miller as like a really third leadership guy. And I think no matter who was the captain yep. who, uh, in those intervening years, Miller was really the leader. Right. But it was it's surprising because didn't Drury do something for Lindy? Or not for Lindy, excuse me, for RJ Knight? I think he did. He was a part of the video board. Briere, of course, was again. Mike Greer did a video. And we, we put these guys together because they have other jobs right. in the league for other teams. Right. Like, Greer is the San Jose GM. Breer well, and that's the thing. Briere, you could family. say, works you know, for the... I think he's the assistant GM and then also is the GM of the farm team there in yeah, Philly. Yeah, right. Mike Greer is a GM also. Of the like, NHL team. Yeah, yes. that's... Yeah, so... Interesting stuff. Makes you wonder. I feel like... More and more in the aftermath of that, there's there's been a lot of questioning of, of how Chris Drury really was felt about, I guess, in that locker room. Oh, buddy, that's very interesting. I'd love to know more about that. So, so would I. Yeah. That's fascinating. Mm. Very, very interesting. We need to get somebody who's an expert on this on. Yeah, because I didn't think there's anyone else that was like a noticeable uh, absence, because I thought about it and I was like, oh, no Shatan. And then I was like, oh, he barely played with Shatan. Barely. And then it's like, okay, so yeah, he wasn't actually there. And then you have other guys. Uh, Patty Laleem was there. Laleem was there. They shared a crease for three Paul years. Paul Gostad was back. Gostad. Uh, you had, oh, you had like Vanek and Pominville. Yep. Uh, who we played with quite a while. Uh, Roy was there. Yep. Derek Roy. Interesting. He sure mustache. was. That, oh boy. <laughs> really fits with his old vibe. Uh, he was probably out on Chippewa. That's why we didn't see him with <laughs> Did Connelly. we get any Ludman Talinder? I think Talinder was there. Yeah, Talinder was there. Did we get... I think... Uh, another person, actually, now that I think about it, was Newman involved at all? Video or anything like that? I don't know. Yeah, interesting. I just thought Mike Ryan was there, and I thought, oh, he must have gone to college with Mike Ryan. No. He did not. They would have played together, though, right? The, yeah, how many games like did Mike Ryan play Well, Sabre, yeah, like because 30? probably Mike Ryan plays here, so they're, they're, anybody in the Alumni Association who's around... Just get some bodies in here. 
Probably true. Yeah, but uh, it was a good showing. It was. Um, it was. It was I, great. Uh, no real boost for Pagula this time around. Mostly cheers. I was kind of surprised. I, Ryan Miller during his speech also was like, I need to give a hand to Larry Quinn. <laughs> I kept my arms crossed. Same. I did not clap during that portion of the speech. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, it was, I felt like there were some people who were just mindlessly like, yeah, like getting into it. And then there were some people who were a little bit delayed about it. And then looking around, there was other people who were just like stone-faced. A, a big fan of the work Larry Quinn did with the school board. But <laughs> it was it's funny. First of all, I don't know how many Sabres fans remember or care about Larry Quinn. That's why I think there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, sure. I also feel like with the Pagula thing more specifically, uh, he got booed at RJ night briefly. And, uh, you know, we talked about it. It was that. pretty bad. It was bad. But it was bad. Duff kind of uh, set it off, like cut it off, I should say, by yeah. just moving on very quickly. Good of him. Uh, my thought is, my personal position is, I don't care if you boo Terry Pagula. I don't love booing when it's, you know, it's Miller's night or RJ's night, yeah. something like that. Because it's just like, okay. Because it reminds me of one of the, the darkest moments probably for the Warriors before they immediately got insanely good. Uh, was they booed the owner or the GM at Chris Mullen night. Like it was his jersey retirement. Right. And it's like, I mean, you're just, you're kind of marring a, a good moment. On the other hand, you don't get to see the owner a lot. Right. Things are going poor. So. True. So this time around, I think it was different because, uh, to be honest, I think it was different because Kim situation. Yeah. And they're just playing better too. That That's helps. the other thing. Yeah. I mean they're not in a bad spot no, at the moment. No, so people aren't not. that mad. Well, should we get back to the hockey side of things? Yeah, in uh, this interesting game. game on. Well, I was going to say, in this game against the Islanders, they played against an elite goalie and, of course, Ilya Sorokin. It was very reminiscent of them playing Connor Hellebuck, where you know those are two guys that just stonewall them. Thankfully, you know things worked out a little bit better this time around. But that was not the case with John Gibson. Oh, boy. Johnny boy. Ooh, it's we, we've talked about his struggles quite a bit here, Taylor, over these past couple of years, how he's really just gone from being at the upper echelon of NHL goaltenders in terms of what his standing was and where he was viewed. And in a lot of ways, people looked at him as being held back by Anaheim. There was previously trade reports surrounding him, and a lot of the sentiment around that was, well, this is a really good talent. He's just in a bad situation, kind of almost like, it's just total bullshit. Well, right, it, but it wasn't. It, it was kind of like Matthew Stafford, but not true. You know, where like yeah. Matthew Stafford was good and was just in a bad situation that he needed to get out of. Obviously, things with Detroit turn, have been turning around, but like at the time, at least throughout his career, and it felt like with Gibson, it was kind of a similar thing where it's like, wow, this guy could be really good if he played for a good team. In Stafford's case, it worked, and obviously we could see that. But now with Gibson, we see the guy's just not good, and he hasn't been for a, a bit now. Yeah, five years. Yeah, basically, it's been a while. And he's he. I think it's almost the opposite. I mean, at this point, they're just kind of a mess as a team. I don't know what they were doing. Like you, you look at their roster. It's it's a real let's let's name some guys. Yeah, game. oh yeah, it's, it's very strange. But it's to, to me, it's also like he's a huge reason why I don't see them getting good like next year, or yeah. like why I think they have a tough uphill climb. He gets so much money, and he's so bad. He's so bad, and he gets worse every year. Yeah, it's been a long time of this. And it's- I should say my my Stafford analogy was really how people viewed him. Like we said, like four or five years ago, or so, like three, yeah. four, like maybe like three years ago. I think would probably be more accurate because at that point, it's when the decline was starting, and people are like, "Well, it's just a product of his situation." And it's never that true. Well, right, and like that's not to say that you know he's the sole cause of why Anaheim is where they are because, like you said, 
major let's name some guys vibes on that team. But so, he hey, is very Kevin Chen, Kirk. Yeah. Well, no, he very clearly is a cause of their struggles. Hundred percent. And it's it's they they have terrible goaltending. Obviously, the other thing is they can't score goals. To me, this is a problem. <laughs> it's bad. And, like, one of their two big prospects is out for the season. Yep. So, it was cool. I mean, the Sabres did exactly what they should have done, which is destroy them. It took uh, them a little bit. It did. Well, Zegras, maybe the only player on their team that had me worried even a little bit. He had two yep. pretty good goals. And UPL uh, mm-hmm. did not have a great second period, uh-uh. I wouldn't say. No. Um, but... Yeah, eventually the the goathead thing. It happened again. That's right, six goals. Six goals. I think it's undeniable that next year they have to increase the amount of games they wear it. Yeah, they, they probably did a, a good amount this year, actually. Yeah, they could score like the, uh, is it the 83 Oilers that have the most? Um... <laughs> Just wear them every game. Yeah, they, the one that had like 450 goals. We'd be right there. I mean, six goals a game, 82 games. That's like, and it's almost 500 goals, so... Maybe it's a little bit much, but hey, give it a shot. Hey, why not? I mean, add, add, add one or two more games with it. You know, think about it. They didn't come in this year until, what was it, second or third week of November is when they debuted them? Yep. Maybe we'll get a couple extra games with them next year, and we'll be hitting those record-breaking numbers in no time. Let's see it. So, yeah, this is just looking at their roster is so funny. So, Troy Terry is actually pretty good. Yep. He's probably the worst All-Star this year, but whatever. Yeah. But, uh, we can talk about the All-Star game later, maybe another episode, but, God, I hate the All-Star games. Ridiculous that Dalian didn't Terrible, get in there. terrible format. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Don't do that. Come on, guys. It's not like the MLB where you have, like, 100 guys for some reason yeah. on each team. Like, not worth it. But so they have Zegers and Terry are both actually pretty good. Zegers is no Dylan Cousins, but whatever. Yeah. But then you have Henrique, still mm-hmm. there, <laughs> still still kicking. Mason McTavish supposed to be a good prospect. Yep. We will see. Cam Fowler still there, getting old. Yeah. Former Saber trade rumor guy. Frank Vitrano, not a great signing. Bounce around, yeah. Klingberg, disaster signing. At least it's Oof. only one year. Oof. Kevin Shattenkirk, old, zero goals this year. Oof. Silverberg. Getting old. Yep. He's from their actually good teams. Max Comtois, who a couple years ago led them in scoring. He has nine points this year. Dmitry Kulikov, our old friend. Dimitri. Nathan Boyu, another one of our old friends. I mean, what a roster. It's yeah. It's absurd. And at, at the same time, uh, Stolarz, the classic uh, shitty backup goalie that feels like it's been on half the teams. Guess what, though? He's only three uh, save percentage points behind John Gibson, who's at a cool 895. Ooh, baby. And has Ooh, 20 losses baby. already. So... Good to uh, good to pull away in the third period, have another fun game. But you know who had a good game? Let's let's talk about it. Who? Victor Olafson. Yes, he did. Two goals in this one. Continues to look better at five on five. And Victor Olafson, somebody that you and I both have talked about as being maybe the main trade target for this team right now. Whether it be at the trade deadline, maybe more likely we could say in the off season. But at the very least. He is playing a heck of a lot better as of late, as we had said. He's been contributing on a regular basis. He's been scoring at 5-on-5, which is great to see. He, generally speaking, also is just like looking a lot more competent at 5-on-5. I think a lot of that can also be credited to how well the Middlestat, Jost, and Olafson line has been working together. Yep. And I want to talk a little bit about 
the trade conversation, but do you have any other thoughts just on Olafson's play in general before we kind of get into that? Yeah, Jose, I think, is a big part of it because he, Olafson recently has not been good at even strength, period. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's good to have him with a, a center that really works well with him. And yeah. it's, it's you, you see the you see the impact. He already has twenty goals. He's going to blow away his career high yep. probably this year. So yep, love to see it. Absolutely. Well, let's get into the conversation now because I think that this is pretty interesting when it comes to him. Of course, in the least surprising news ever, Mike Harrington had a very snarky tweet about him saying, "Oh, we're we still thinking about trading him." And I, yes, this makes me want to trade him more. Next year is going to be his age twenty eight season. People talk about trades is so stupid. It's ridiculous. It's, you don't trade someone because they're bad. You like th- this guy sucks. You got to talk about cutting him, waving him, uh, something to that effect. When someone is like, when you really like, we should trade guy X. It's because there's perceived value. Exactly. So when you have an unsustainable even strength scoring rate, and you're doing a lot of scoring on the power play, and you're putting up career numbers. And you may have a contract coming up, and you don't really fit with the team in the yep. future. Those are all to- those are all good things for a trade. Exactly. He has a year left on his deal at, after this season coming up. And here's the thing: I think you can look at it from either perspective. I, I could be convinced either way for trading him. I ultimately think that that's the case because again, you have let's just say those top six forward spots locked in pretty much for next year. You know that already with the top two lines. On that third line, you're gonna uh, probably going to end up having Yuri Kulich come up and be able to fill in a similar role there. Obviously, as a rookie, he's you know it's unrealistic to think that he would have 20 goals by the end of January next year. But again, it's the value that he's going to be providing and into the future and everything. And then also just looking at where Olafson's going to be. Are you going to want to give him a contract after next season? Like, well, how much are you going to be comfortable paying him? So what you could do, like you said, Taylor, is use his value being high now to a team that maybe is going to value that more and who is maybe in a bit more of a competitive spot for you now. And I think it also enables you because his value is higher that you're able to use him in more of like a hockey trade sense too, where it's maybe Olafson and a pick or a prospect and you're able to go out and get a contributing real player here. And it's not something for futures. But my whole thing is here back to my point before I got a little off track there is the conversation about trading him at the deadline versus in the off season, and because on the one hand, I understand the thought of doing it in the off season. Deals are a lot more likely to happen than bigger deals usually happen in the off season. I would say is it's that's a pretty fair thing to say, just historically speaking, especially over in recent history. And he's having a really good year this year, obviously. So let him ride it out and see where those end of the year numbers are. Alternatively, though. Olafson has proved at times he could be a very streaky player when it comes to his scoring. And so we're approaching yeah. the trade. And tra- as a reminder, he didn't score between Halloween and Valentine's Day last year. Yes, Still exactly. Still 20 goals. Exactly. And so that, that's a great point. And so that kind of leads exactly into what I'm saying here, which is if he's going to be continuing to score at this rate, and let's get crazy here. He's at 20 right now. The trade deadline is March 3rd. If he hits 30... By the trade deadline, do you want to risk him potentially falling off more and more and hitting a slump to end the season, maybe then also hurting his trade value a little bit when maybe there's a GM you could find that's desperate and in the moment will want to make a move for a guy like that that's contributing right now and can help put a team over the top? Because I think, especially it's the case in the West, it's pretty wide open. 
Yeah. Seems that way. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it, like, I guess for me, I'm not opposed either way. I could see the logic in both of them, but part of me leans towards if there is a deal to be made here in the at the trade deadline, that can't be dismissed out of hand. Hey, why doesn't Florida have a first-round pick this year? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Tell them. Yeah. Because people get stupid at the deadline. Exactly. People get desperate. Exactly. you got to find the right desperate team. I mean, that might be Florida again, but... Um, if it's theoretically, I don't know, someone in the West, like Dallas, all you know what? Winnipeg. Winnipeg yeah. looks at it and goes like, oh, we're kind of in win-now mode. Like, Blake Wheeler's old. Mike Sh- Mark Scheifele's old. Connor Hellbuck isn't all that young anymore. Yeah. Let's do it. They might be the one seed in the West, potentially, the way things are going. Or maybe Vegas is like, shit, <laughs> we're really in win-now yeah. mode. And they haven't been playing as hot lately either. And you know, you have Olufsen, a history with Eichel and Olafson too. Did. They had they played well together. Some of the only times that Olafson was like good at even strength was with Eichel. Uh, so, yeah, I think that. And I also think I, I'm really just looking at the future, and this is why I think it's a trade thing because he's he'll, he'll be around next year theoretically, and it's it's not just about clearing up for next year. It's like where do we go from here with the team? Well, the top two lines, I think most people would say, are going to stay intact. Right, quote unquote, kid line right. and the top line. So you have those six. Uh, love those lines. I would say if there's a weakness, uh, there's maybe two guys in between those two lines who are good in their own zone. Mm-hmm. Tuck and Cousins. It's not a... They don't, neither of those are like, you, you go out there to get a stop kind of lines. Yeah. Which is what you can get with Jost, right? Here's the other thing, though. You also have Oposo and Gergensen. you got to decide what to do yeah. with them. You're going to resign them. If not, you need another defensive forward. But you also will have... You have Krebs, yep. who's been playing better of late. I'm still interested in his future. And you possibly have Savoy and Coolidge next year. Right. And what if Rosen starts to continues to play really well and you have to make room for Rosen? And it's like, at that point, there's just nowhere for Olafson to be because he's not... There's there's so many guys that are going to be able to play in the power play. And they'll be 90% as yeah. productive as Olafson. Unless you really think this even strength thing is for real, like... Okay, maybe if you think that you sign him, I don't. I'm skeptical well, of that he's almost 27 years old. I don't think he just suddenly started scoring even strength. You also bring up a good point with Krebs that needs to be addressed when you're looking ahead to next year. He is working right now in that fourth line center role, playing with Jurgensen and Opozo. He's done what he's what's been asked of him. He has been adaptable with his play, and he's done really well in that role, and has been able to embrace that kind of defensive role while still being able to contribute offensively here and there. As was the case with his two goals against Anaheim. But as we had talked about probably about a month ago or so, Taylor, he was the the piece coming back in that Eichel deal. Like, that deal doesn't happen unless Peyton Krebs is coming back. And with a guy of that stature, with his talent level, and because he's a first-round pick, a former first-round pick too, his age, his abilities, at times he shows, you know, when he puts it together, it's a, it's an impressive hockey player there. If he is not used this offseason in a trade, he needs to be in the top nine next year. You can't play him in the fourth line next year. No, it's he's just kind not of that guy. Yeah, it, it is a waste to me. I'm all about the idea of bringing Jost back, and if that puts you at, you know, I mean, look at there, right there, like, and something's gonna have to give with Middlestat too, because you're gonna be talking about Jost and Middlestat. Rasmus Asplund is another name that's gonna come into the play here at some point, where we're gonna have to figure out what his future is gonna look like. There's just a lot of guys right now, and as you had mentioned before, we have Coolidge, Rosen, Savoy as a possibility there. Also beyond that. You have the ability to make an upgrade to via trade. What if somebody becomes available? What if the Sam Reinhardt thing actually is real and you're able to go get a guy like that? 
I mean, where's Olafson going to fit with all of this? And so if, again, why would you not want to maximize what this guy's value is right now when you know going into next year, which is the first year of real playoff expectations, it's going to be his age 28 season and he's going to be in a contract year. Yeah. Let somebody else make that decision and deal with that. Capitalize on what his value is now. I agree. And it's also worth noting, I just looked up, he, coming into this year, had 28 even-strength goals in 188 career games. Wow. So, he has 17 this year. Wow. He's He might reach, he's probably not going to reach that uh, total for the rest of his career. But I just, I got to say, even though I think he's better with Jost and he'll score more at even-strength with Jost, I don't think this current rate is sustainable. Is uh is my my take on it, but do we uh want to hear some words from our sponsors? Or? I I'd love that. All right, well, folks, we have ten sponsors now. Do you believe it? <laughs> Just kidding. No, I don't. Wanna, I mean, it would be nice. In fact, we are always open for more sponsors. If you want to sponsor us, uh, feel free. We'd love it. Lots of good perks that come with sponsoring straight up sabers. That's true. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, boy. <sighs> Folks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, no. The NFL playoff action continues. Oh, no. This is like in uh, The Good Place when the first season. So yep. I'm a Good Place spoiler real quick, if you guys haven't watched yet. Ted Danson is evil and no one knows it yet. Mm. And he says, the misery continues. <laughs> the misery continues. Is DraftKings our Ted Danson right now? Yeah. The NFL playoff action continues. Ugh. Oh, Bills fans, don't you love watching games feeling nothing but contempt and disgust in your heart? You could have well, just folks. finished feeling nothing. I, I feel nothing now and forever. Yeah, we're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL Conference Championship round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot and even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. So, uh, this is where I'm supposed to talk about one of the games who I'll be keeping an eye on who excites you. We're talking about this during the Niners 40, the, the, sorry, the 49ers-Cowboys game. I don't know. I think it would be funny to bet on Brock Purdy. So, do that. It'd be funny. I don't know. I don't... I, I'm I'm starting to feel as though crime is funny, Brendan. I'm feeling a little <laughs> twisted. I'm excited to see where the rest of this episode's gonna go. Or yeah. this ad read for that matter. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> app now. Use promo code THPN. New customers can bet just five dollars on NFL conference championship ground and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. Well, we're actually on to some good news, folks. At uh, our other sponsor, Thin Man Brewery. You might have heard us talk about this already, but we'll be hosting our very first trivia night there. It's Buffalo Sports Trivia. Uh, it'll be Wednesday night at 8 p.m., and it should go for about two hours, I would say. Uh, it's, it's at the Elmwood location, uh, so feel free to put your Buffalo sports knowledge to the test for a chance at some cool prizes and enjoy some of Thin Man's excellent drink and food selections. Assemble your pals and get a team together. You don't want to miss it, so... We talk in Sabres, we'll be talking Bills, and this is a good chance for us to give a little bit more details if you guys are interested in what it's going to be like. Uh, if you if you have done bar trivia, or or if you haven't, you're always welcome. Uh, and you know what, if you're bad at it, whatever. A lot of people are bad at a lot of things. So, <laughs> feel free to try it anyway. Exactly. We've been inviting people who are like, yeah, I want to go, but I don't know if I'm going to participate. It's like, no, 
participate. It's okay. Yeah. Why not? Well, that's what the actually uh, the football team we watched said today. I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm going to participate. Exactly. <laughs> Trey White. We're not like, going to talk about it. No, never We're mind. Sorry, I didn't say that. Uh, I literally, but, before the episode started, was like, are we going to talk about it? And Taylor, it wasn't even like a, a fraction of a second. It was just no. Nothing else to say. So a trivia night. <laughs> we will be. Ha- we will have Bill's questions. We'll have Saber's questions. Who? We will have questions about my friend Bill. Oh, great guy, and other Bills too. Bill Clinton. Oh. Uh, Bill Henry Harrison. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Uh, all the presidents. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of them. The ones that are named Bill. At yeah. least. Is that all the Bills? I don't know. There are probably more Bills. Presidents are only yeah. named like six things. Yeah. So. What it's going to be like is we're thinking uh, somewhere between six and seven categories. Uh, and, you, you know, you'll have time. You'll write your answers down. We'll basically be hosting it. Uh, and there'll be prizes. You, there'll be Thin Man Beer for... Are we, we going to do first, second, and third place? Yeah. So we'll have that for you if you do well. Uh, teams can be up to six people. Yep. So if you have a group bigger than that, just split up. Uh, for example, you have, let's say, eight people. And you're, you know... You have two very knowledgeable fellas. Put them on different teams. Or put them together. Or, you know what, split up on uh, whether, which part of the group likes each other more or less. Like, you have someone in your friend group yeah, you don't like. let's get divisive. Put, put them on another team. I like that. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. We ask that you don't cheat. <laughs> I'm, yeah, if you cheat, automatic disqualification. Yeah, and we're probably not going to be checking, so it's going to be, like, more of yes, a... Yes, we uh, will. Well, oh, we're not we going to be will. checking, but we have someone in the room who's going to be walking around, they'll be able to blend in. We're actually going to have a sniper across the street. Well, the guy the guy who's going to be walking around is going to have a little earpiece. Yes. And he'll be like, the tables are numbered, so he'll be like, B4, red shirt, and then that's it. You'll never know. And you'll never your know friends who are the gonna, guy is. Your friends are going to look away, and then all of a sudden, whoever the friend who had their phone out was is just going to be gone. Yeah. And it'll be we like, don't even know where they're going to go. We no, just subcontract these guys. Yeah. they're Honestly, it's weird. They say they're... In consulting? Yeah. And it's like, consulting for who? And it's like, the government is like, well, we're part of the government. It's like, well, I can't really talk about that. And it's like, okay, well, where do you work? Like, you work from home? Or like, no, I work at the black site. And it's like, well, what is, where is that? And it's like... And then they just slipped us $100 and we stopped talking about they it. They smile and they say, wow, you have a lot of questions, huh? And I say, no, I don't have any more questions, actually. And he's like, that's what I thought. Yeah. But they're actually pretty cheap to hire, so I, I think they just enjoy it. Love of the game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll have... I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm most excited for the miscellaneous round. I would say. Yeah, hell yeah. The non-bill saber stuff. So, so yeah. So come out. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be about two hours, and you know, Thin Man's got a lot of uh, good food and beer. I do the geeks who drink trivia there uh, every once in a while, and uh, always enjoy the menu. And uh, last thing, we'll be on the second floor if you're looking for us. That's yes, where we'll be. yes, yes, yes. So eight o'clock is when we start. So try and get there a little bit early for sure. Yeah, you know, earlier the better, I would say. Just, you know, get your spot secured and... Yeah, don't be all frazzled. You want your mind at peace while you think about... Uh, I'm not going to say that what one of the questions is, but, you know, you're trying to... Oh, my God, who was the right winger in the 2003 Sabres? Wow. Like, who's, you know, all this, and then you're like, ah, oh, you need to be focused for that. You need to be ready. So, right. anyway, uh, there's actually one more part of this ad. I got a... Our guy at Thin Man, Yvonne, says... Uh, to include that he wants to die and says that we can print that. So that is not related to trivia, I think. I think that's related to some sporting event that took place today. Anyway. What's uh, a sport? uh, Pain? Sadness? I don't know. I don't know anymore. 
But anyway, the Sabres are on a two-game win streak. That's something, right? Do they fire both the coordinators? Who, Matt Ellis? Adam Mayer? Yeah. No, they can't fire those guys. They're doing so good. <laughs> the, the other ones. For your, your friend Bill. Yeah. No, they probably don't. Nothing good's ever going to happen. So okay. <laughs> everything gets worse. What? Well said. Regal Elmwood's closing. <laughs> yeah. All right. You want to talk about a real tragedy. What the hell? That sucks, man. It really sucks. It, it just so inconvenient. I want to go to the mall. I want to drive down the street. Yeah. Got to go to the Galleria now. Come on. Who oh, we got to go to Quaker Crossing. Get out of here. I'm not driving to Orchard Park. It's too far away. Way too far. It reminds me of too many painful memories. No. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't mind the Galleria Theater. It's the nicest one, but it's not convenient. Not and at I all. I liked going. I liked, you know, whatever. And we're not, I mean, we're not going to have, a, you know, the, the transit one's closing, so we're not going to have an IMAX anymore. Yep. It's sad. It really is sad. It, I, I, I've said this on Twitter already, but I went, I have literally gone to that theater the Regal Elmwood, about three times a month since May of 2021. Wow. On average. Wow. I could list all the movies I would, uh, I've would i seen there since May 2021, but it would take up the rest of the podcast, so I won't do that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's that's really unfortunate. And that's the main thing I'm upset about recently. It sucks. There's nothing else really that I could think of, at least. I mean, the Sabres won two in a row, so what else could be making us sad? Yeah. Nothing. <sighs> anyway, Dallas. Playing Dallas. Monday. Yeah. All right, Dallas go. is actually pretty good, so that's going to be... Let's talk about that's it. That's a tough one. Uh, Dallas, for folks who haven't been watching the Western Conference or whatever this year, Dallas is a very good goalie. Yep. And they have... So they have a top five goalie and probably a top five forward at this point, Jason Robertson. Yep. They also have Brendan's good friend, Roop Hintz. My dear, dear pal, Roop. We love him. And they still have guys who are not... They're expensive, but they're not all that great, but they're okay. Yeah. And Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. Yep. I don't know what else to say about them. They're just a really solid team. Yeah, Jake Ottinger, obviously, too. True, yeah. Well, like I said, top five goalie. Oh, did you say that? I'm yeah. sorry, I missed you say Who, that. Uh, man, I'm blanking right now. Who's coaching Dallas? Uh, what's his name? Isn't uh, Jim Montgomery there? Isn't he Boston's coach? Oh, yeah, he went to Boston and then uh, Pete DeBoer. Oh, that's right. Pete DeBoer, that's what. The first year under DeBoer is always good. So Yeah. No, good for them. And... Let's look at where the Sabres are currently sitting when it comes to the playoff race. That's obviously the thing on everybody's mind right now. And so with that being said, the Sabres, as it currently stands, have 49 points. And in the wild card race, they are now five points back of Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh has one more game played than them. In the standings race, both Florida and the Islanders are ahead of them by two points, but have three more games played with 51 points and 48 games. Again, the Sabres have 49 points and 45 games with a 23-19-3 and record. So again, we're still in striking distance, and I feel like we always talk about the, the phrase playing meaningful games in March. Well, we're playing meaningful games in January right now, and what this... Upcoming stretch for this team. It's been the case, you know, these every night is critical right now for the playoff race. One thing I do want to talk about, too, because obviously, you know, prior to these pair of wins here, we were talking about a couple of <coughs> losses that they had had. They had lost to the Blackhawks in overtime in a complete collapse. They got beat pretty bad 4-1 to by the Panthers. 
the Jets beat them, like we said. They lost to the Kraken. They lost to the Flyers. I feel like I had seen some people who were underselling some of those losses. And listen, the Chicago game, for example, I understand people who think, oh, in the grand scheme of things, oh, they're going to lose games like that. But you have to lose games like that to to learn how to win them. But like, or you could just... <laughs> Beat bad teams. Learn how to beat the worst yeah, team in the just, league. Yeah, just beat bad just teams. Do it. Yeah, they're, they're, what what is there to be learned in that instance? Yeah, if you're gonna walk that down they the stairs, already have if not you really learned. want to learn how to walk down the stairs, you got to fall down the stairs exactly. and break both your legs first. Exactly. No, you don't have to. That that's a that's a thing you say about the playoffs. If they lose to like Boston this year, that's ridiculous. Right. No, they. You're always gonna have like I said. You're gonna have games like the Flyers game where you come out flat. You're gonna have games where you face a, a goalie that's better than you and they stand on their head, but. The thing is, it's the number of that times that happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that being said, though, the upcoming slate for the Sabres, four games this week, same as the past two weeks, really interesting. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. We have the Stars on Monday night. Tuesday, the Sabres are playing against the Blues. Wednesday, Winnipeg, or excuse me, Thursday against Winnipeg, and then Saturday against the Minnesota Wild. So a little trip through the Central Division there, Taylor. What do we think here? I mean, these are all teams that are right near or above the Sabres, so it's going to be a big test for them. Dallas, as we said, off to a great start this year. 63 points so far. The Blues also have 49 points, same as the Sabres. The Jets, 61 points, and Minnesota, 54 points here. So this is going to be a big test here, and we'll probably see three games worth of UPL. Maybe we get a Comrie game in there or an Anderson game. We'll see, but I think we probably see UPL three times this week. Maybe Monday, Thursday, Saturday? Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. If he plays well right. in the first two. I could see that as a definite possibility. And then what's E? Do we want to see Comrie on Tuesday or Probably. I mean, yeah. do I want to? I don't know. Not necessarily, but will we? Most likely. Should we? Probably. They got to give him some games, right? Yeah. Not many. Obviously, I think you got to keep... If UPL's winning games, roll with it, but... Yeah. What do you think? How do they come out of this stretch this week? I think, bare minimum, they have to come out with four points. Yeah. Uh, that's That keeps you kind of on track. It's not ideal. If you come out with six, I think you're in a really good spot, basically. Five is not bad either. Hey, seven or eight. Not too shabby. I mean, then that's four really is the exciting. minimum, though. They need four points. 100%. Yeah. And maybe if you just. I think Winnipeg is tough, like we said. We just faced uh, Hellebuck. Right. We know what that's like. It's not easy. St. Louis is a really beatable team. I know they're on the road for all these games, but like. Yep. St. Louis is really not spectacular this year. Do not have good goaltending. Also worth mentioning, too, at least for the schedules for the other teams when it comes to goaltending matchups, Sabres, or excuse me, the Stars play Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, so likely we see Jake Ottinger, I would probably say. So again, just for the fact of if it was a back-to-back to potentially get out of it there, then yeah, I mean, St. Louis, that's one I think you gotta win. The Stars will be a tough matchup, but... We'll we'll see if they're able to you know rise to the occasion. I know it'll be the second half of a back to back there, but if you don't pull one out on Monday, they need to pull one out against the uh, against the Blues on Tuesday. It feels like hundred percent, absolutely. Because then with the Jets, let's see what their schedule is looking like this week. They are on. They play on Tuesday and Thursday and sa- Tuesday, Thursday, th- Saturday this week. So more likely than not, we'll probably see Connor Hollybuck again. 
would have to think. Unfortunate. Very, very, very unfortunate, yes. Well, any other thoughts you have to share on, on the Sabres here, Taylor? Uh, not really. I enjoyed Miller Night. We all love Ryan Miller, right, folks? We really do. Oh, and oh, one more thing, actually. So they said that Ryan Miller's now in the Sabres Hall of Fame, too. Does yes. And they're bringing back the Sabres Hall of Fame? Yeah, I believe that was announced, too, when they made the initial announcement that he was both getting his number retired and the Sabres Hall of Fame, which opens up a ton of opportunities if they actually have somebody who's going to be running that. Yes. You could have at least one a year for the next three to five years. If you really wanted to, considering how long it's been. I mean, Vanek and Pominville, I think, make total sense. I think you could even make an argument for Chatan. You could make an argument for Briere, I think, just due to just importance to the team. I think a few guys were kind of at the level that he was really at. Lindy Ruff, obviously, whenever his coaching tenure with the Devils comes to an end, he's somebody that's a no-brainer, as we talked about earlier. Anybody else really coming to mind? Not really. Those are really the only ones I feel like that. Yeah. You know what they need to do? We talked about this in the beginning of the year, and it's insane that this is still up. Change the photos on the tunnel going into the arena. The most recent ones are like Tyler Myers and Thomas Vanek. Update that. I'm not saying put Jack and Sam on there, but like get the current guys on there a little bit. I don't need to be like, ah, remember the glory days of Tyler Myers? Honestly... It's that's absurd. They they went the entire Eichel era without changing it. It's insane. Tyler Myers got traded in twenty fifteen. Yeah, crazy. <sighs> anyway, well, Taylor, do you have any recommendations? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I actually saw the whale this past week. What did you think of it? So a lot of people said it was like a uh, good performance, bad movie. Mm. I thought it's an okay, pretty good movie, and the Brendan Fraser performance to me was like a devastating the good performance really yeah it's it and it's not an easy watch obviously and like i said there's there's definite flaws to the movie but i almost recommend it on the uh, one performance alone with how good it was and i think a lot of people have been waiting to see brendan fraser in the right role for a long time yeah sure i thought he he knocked it out of the park well, that's great love that all right i'm gonna go with a song for mine i actually we were just talking about this song and movie the other day uh, from the movie white noise which recently came out i haven't seen the movie but i did see the lead soundtrack song, which is by LCD Sound System, called New Body Roomba. It was blowing up my Instagram feed with ads, and probably just because I follow LCD, LCD Sound System on there. But ended up giving that a listen, like the full version of the song, because the, the song is... You've seen the movie, right? No. Was, oh, you haven't? No. Nope. Oh, okay, never mind then. Well, yeah, check it out. It's like a very, very classic LCD Sound System, just like really fun, dancey, energetic, like electronic alt-rock song highly highly recommend give it a listen good dancey one so check it out who taylor is your random sabers player i will go first with mine actually now that i think about this may have been my my random sabers player of last episode but i don't care ryan miller ryan miller ryan miller all right everybody well before we do our usual outro again we got to give you a reminder because this is our last episode before trivia night going down this wednesday eight o'clock thin man elmwood get there nice and early reserve your spot it's going to be great buffalo sports trivia taylor and i are going to be wrapping up the questions literally at the conclusion of us recording this episode right now so we're really really excited it's going to be a great time food drinks prizes great times great hangs you will not 
want to miss this, everybody. Wednesday, 8 p.m., Buffalo Sports Trivia, hosted by Taylor and myself. With that being said, everybody, thanks for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows. And make sure you're checking out the presenters of this podcast, the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also find us, Straight Up Sabres. And back to that streaming platform, wherever you're listening to us right now, make sure you're subscribed or followed to Straight Up Sabres and leave us a nice little rating or review. We would very, very much appreciate it. Last but not least, check out both of our sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that promo code THPN to take advantage of great deals and bet on hockey or basketball. Nothing else. Perhaps even MMA. Maybe some MMA. Who knows? Also, make sure you are checking out Thin Man Brewery, specifically on Wednesday, but really anytime, whether you want to go get some dinner or drinks something after work or going out on the weekend, Thin Man Brewery is the place to be. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres. Sabres.